welcome to the Tech Story Podcast, where storytellers kibitz about technology that makes us go, hmm, what's that about? Now introducing your host, Doug Thompson. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Tech Story. My guest today is Mr. Rob Difford. How you doing, Rob? Hey, Doug. I'm doing really well. I, I, was, I was talking to you earlier about this. I started off the day with Canada. I'm in the day in Canada, so it's only fitting uh, that we, 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 this is my Canuck day. We'll call it that. <laughs> I, when I heard you were getting into podcasting, I was excited for you because I knew, I knew you'd be a natural at this. And uh, frankly, I'm honored that you invited me to come on. So well, I'm honored that you, ex- I'm honored you accepted. I, I have the two best dressed guests on there. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave my audience a surprise for the other one, but they're the best dressed people on, on, uh, on LinkedIn. <laughs> Cover that. So what's your favorite tech story? I asked this question of all my guests on that. And uh, what's your favorite tech story? My favorite tech story is, and I had to think about this a little bit, but, um, you know, really for me, it's, it's the big picture of the internet revolution. Um, and part of what I do and what I'm involved in, in my business and, and how it kind of evolved is, um, you know, I think about who I work with and a lot of us, came from the era of pre-internet. You know, we didn't grow up with it at our, at our fingertips, right? <laughs> yeah, I had and, the dial-up. I had Pong. I had the original version of Pong where you had to, like, switch between antenna and game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember that, too. I mean, that, that goes back a little while, right? Uh, and when I think about how things have changed, you know, really, it is the biggest revolution of my generation. You, you think about other things that have massively changed the world, like the Industrial Revolution, uh, to me, this is, you know, it's the digital revolution and it has enabled so much, uh, so many things, uh, so many different things that we can do, uh, not only from a communication standpoint, uh, but you think about, you know, the Internet of Things, as they call it now. Uh, everything that we own is now connected and, uh, and you know, we can ask Alexa or Google to do something for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fascinating to me uh, that we've gone down this path and, and how things have really evolved. Yeah, there was a study, and I can't remember the exact number, but it was like over half the amount of data ever created was done in the last two years. And if you think of how long we've been creating data, that's just an unimaginable amount of stuff that's being collected. That, yeah, that's unreal. Absolutely. Um, and you know, what's interesting to me is I've got two boys and they're 14 and nearly 12 and, uh, and they don't know pre-internet days, right? <laughs> they don't understand it. And, uh, and so it's kind of neat to look at their perspective of things uh, and how their expectations are, are set up because of the conveniences we have of this connectedness uh, and compare that to how I grew up. Yeah. yeah. My oldest grandson interviewed me for school once. And said, you know, what do you remember growing up? And I said, I was, I was the remote control for the TV. <laughs> you know, my dad was like, go up and change the channel. Okay. And we only had three. Exactly. So it wasn't, it wasn't a big task. You know, you could sort of swap between them. But also all of my screens, I watch my grandkids go across town. All my screens have smudges on it because they expect every screen to interact with them and they touch it. So, so what do you do? What's your, what's your story? So I help entrepreneurs, I teach entrepreneurs how to engage their customers through a camera lens. And uh, so that's the short story. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from, from journalism and marketing and coaching and some other things in, in my career background. And what I've been able to do uh, with, uh, I guess, as part of this internet evolution is take that skill set and apply it 
in a way that um, that meets a demand now with a lot of, of what's happening in terms of online commerce. And so it's it's been particularly interesting over these past couple of months, especially because of what we know is happening with global global circumstances and the whole COVID thing. Uh, a lot of organizations have kind of been forced into the digital space where maybe they were hesitant before. And so now people are really thinking about, okay, how do I operate in this space? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ways is doing things just like you and I are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you mentioned sort of the how the internet has changed access of things, and Seth Godin likes to talk about it, especially for like publication. It's broken down all the barriers, the gatekeepers that used to keep things like this, that's you know, a podcast, or you know, when you wrote a book or something, you had gatekeepers that sort of controlled access to that medium to get your message out. And now it's hey, if you've got a like I said, if you've got a camera and the three things you talk about on your on your uh, LinkedIn page. You, know, you you can you can reach your audience. You can do that. Absolutely, and uh, and the three things are really confidence, competence, and content strategy, and not necessarily content in a social media sense, but the content of the video you're creating yourself. Yeah, and it's you, we have a short attention span, so I mean, you know, trying to keep it down to three minutes or one minute. And I've been doing LinkedIn videos for a couple of years now, and and I remember my original ones would sort of go on because I just sort of talk from a stream of consciousness, some would argue unconsciousness, but I just, I'm sort of building the plane as I'm, as I'm flying down the runway, you know, getting that very concise where you can tell your story in, in a very succinct manner to get your message across is a, is a skill. It is a skill. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, well, I, I've shot a lot of video in my time. Uh, I understand how to operate a camera maybe, and many people do, and that's great. Um, but when you think about how your audience receives a message, especially in, in the online realm, uh, you're right. Attention spans are short and we have to figure out how to strategize around the message we need to deliver in order to be able to do that in as short a time frame as possible. And yeah, two, three minutes is great. One minute is even better because if you're publishing to Instagram, for example, you can't go longer than one minute. So I guess that when you're talking about strategy, even though the message is similar that I'd be trying to get across, my strategy for Instagram or Twitter or what have you would be different than it would be for LinkedIn or something like that. Yeah, and and different to YouTube again as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Different platforms serve different purposes. Uh, Although, you know, if if we're really thinking things through, we can create good content and repurpose it for those different platforms. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that I'm learning as we go is, is how, how do you create this? For example, like I'm doing this from a podcast, so we'll we'll rip the audio and then we'll put something to, on YouTube later, um, the unedited version. So this will be the director's cut that you, <laughs> you see on YouTube with all the bloopers and everything. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, you're, you're right. The audience and knowing what they have, and you know, you you mentioned that you're not really a, a techno nerd. I think is the term that I used for it, but you. Technology is an important part of what you do. How do you, one, how did you learn it? How do you identify what those things are? And second, how do you get other people comfortable with that? So I, I guess I had the benefit of journalism school. Um, and, uh, and I mean, back then we were, we were pre-digital days, uh, although it was just starting to come into play a little bit. We were, we were still shooting with Sony Betacams. 
uh, and splicing tape and doing all that kind of stuff. But uh, we did have a digital edit editing suite that, that kind of came in at that time, just as we were learning. From the, the perspective of composition of video and storytelling, that really hasn't changed. What's changed is the level of technology that we use and, and the interface now, right? With everything being digital, mm-hmm. um, that, that's really come a long way. And so when I think about what's necessary for other people to be able to do it, the good news is that what's available now is much easier to use than what was what we were learning to use back, you know, uh, for me was in the mid 90s. Yeah, I think we talked about carts and cutting up tape. I did a little radio back in the day and, you know, there, there was an editing to that. I, I had I had more uh, um, razor blade cuts than I care to admit. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny because we, uh, I remember splicing reel uh, in, the, in the radio booth and, uh, and I, there was, somebody came in one day and said, you know what, 3M has stopped making splicing tape. So now we're in trouble. <laughs> oh, man, that would be a big problem back in those days. Yeah, it, 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 uh, it forced some change for sure back then. So we, we really had no choice but to jump onto the, uh, the digital uh, revolution. Yeah, so I mean that that's one of the things that's definitely been a benefit. Again, it lowers the barrier to entry because it's something that you can do. I remember the days where you'd have to I mean you'd go back and forth on those tapes trying to get that exact second where you wanted to to cut it. And I remember more than once butchering it, cutting it and saying, "Well, okay, let's regroup. What are we going to do?" Yeah, and you get it together and you hear the boop as the tape rolls by. <laughs> uh oh, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you when you uh, say you've got an executive, and, and I know a lot of executives are they're confident in their ability to run a business, not necessarily and maybe in a small group type thing, but how do you? you know, sometimes not so good on camera, and I and I know where I work, they spend a lot of coaching with our executives. I mean, they go through constant thing on media training and, and things like that, which, you know, I, I need to run a business. But now, as we said, you know, with the internet and everything, now you have to be out in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot more social CEOs now uh, doing their own thing uh, on platforms like like LinkedIn, which is terrific. Um, you know, in, in a traditional sense, media training was really how to be on TV and be reflective of your company brand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, the, it's the, the talking points and the, the appearance and the, uh, the, maybe the logo in the background and different things to, to make sure that you're in alignment with, with whatever your company brand might be. Uh, What's different, I think, about the social media piece is there's, um, there's an appetite for more authenticity. And I think we hear that word authenticity tossed around a lot. Um, You know, it, it may feel a little bit cliche. Uh, but it, it's true. Uh, we're looking for, uh, I, I guess, a more casual view of people that have seemed to be maybe a little bit untouchable previously, uh, like a CEO of a large corporation. And, uh, and so it's okay uh, to, to get on uh, a platform like LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or whatever you choose to use that makes sense for you. Uh, and, and give us some insights of the real you. And that really is what is allowing people to kind of make this connection, uh, develop some level of familiarity, uh, and make people feel comfortable and ideally uh, comfortable enough to know, like, and trust you mm-hmm. and eventually buy from you right? Yeah. if you're in business. Yeah, no, that, that is important. The authentic, authenticity piece, as you said, it's, it's termed, it's taken out and it's 
I, I frame it this way. When, when I, again, I do some of the LinkedIn videos and I have a lot of customers that, that watch it. And unfortunately, I, I would like more of them to engage with it. I always encourage them to engage with with the content, but they tell me, you know, I, I've seen your videos are great and, and you're, you're just like you are in person. You're just like you are in your videos. And I always say, well, if I'm not, call the police because somebody's just somebody I've been kidnapped and somebody's in, I mean, there's an imposter because I, you know, I can be me. And that's what I try to come across with, which is a bit unorganized at times and a bit spur of the moment. Yeah, well, and the thing is, it's not perfect, and nobody expects it to be, right? And and I, guess, I suppose from the technology perspective, that's another thing to to consider, is uh, especially for people like me uh, and and people who come from older generations than me, we have this idea that video is a television commercial. Mm-hmm. I guess the best of the best would be something like what comes on air during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and so these are multi million dollar productions and. That is what has set the bar in our minds for video marketing. Um, And it's not the case that we have to try to duplicate that anymore. And so, you know, one of the things, if we go back to how do you get people comfortable with the technology, you know, we start with a smartphone. Mm -hmm. And if you go to smartphone, you're good to go. And the reason we do that is because by now, most people have one. Yeah, yeah. uh, And and most people are are comfortable using it. Uh, So it's just a question of, okay, how do we set this up? How do we get the framing? How do we, you know, how do we actually start developing the message and press the record button and, and see what happens and what we need to develop? Yeah, the pressing the record button. That's important. Some of my best work never got recorded because I forgot to press the button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's key. That's funny because people, uh, you think about how functional a smartphone is now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot of people, I think, are afraid to press buttons. Yeah. Right? They, might, they might do something wrong. They might blow up their phone. Uh, but uh, we've got to get people past that, uh, that technophobia. Yeah, I think that's a generational thing as well. We didn't grow up with it. We, we don't know what to expect, and we're, we're afraid. Back in the earlier days of technology, it was rather fragile. And, you know, if you did something wrong, you may never get it back. I remember we're at Microsoft when we were developing some of the earlier smartphone stuff. We were always on the beta piece of, piece of that, and there's no telling when your phone just may go dark. And you lose all your contacts and stuff, so you 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 still had a backup. But yeah, it's I, again. I think I, I find it's a lot of generational challenges as well. Part of, so that's, we take the technology out of it, but at the essence of it, especially if you've got a minute, you've got to craft that story. And I'm sure this is where your journalism really comes in and makes you stand out amongst your your peers. Is you've got that to come from. And I remember when I was in school, they said a well written article. If you read the first three sentences, you'd get an idea for what the entire article was about. And I think that's sort of like the, the short video. How do you, how do you help people find that story? Cause a lot of times I find in working with, with people to harden, they, they, they want to say so much. How do you walk through that? Cause I'm sure CEOs got so much they want to share. How do you walk them through that? Uh, so you're right. Um, with journalism style, we have, it's called inverted pyramid writing. Mm-hmm. And essentially what we do is you think about the structure of a traditional story. It's, uh, you know, once upon a time on a dark and stormy night, blah, de, blah, de, blah, mm-hmm. develop the plot, build some suspense. Right. And, oh, the butler did it. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're, we're flipping it upside down. We're saying, oh, the butler did it. And by the way, here are the details as to how we discovered that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
And so when we're thinking about how to tell your specific story, it's really a question of, okay, what happened today? Uh, what is it? What's the big news? What is the, your, you know, the butler did it? What, what is your, uh, um, you know, comparable piece to that? Mm-hmm. And then it's develop the detail around it and make sure that it's the most important detail that we're delivering first and in as few words as possible. And we think about, you know, people speak about 120 words per minute on average. Uh, and so we start with that. We'll, we'll actually get you to write a script that's 120 words in length and then deliver it and time it and see how much of it we get out. And if you speak faster, we know we've got some wiggle room. If you speak slower, then we've got to you know, do some editing. And, uh, and that's how we do it. You know, we make sure we get the most important information out right off the top. And then all the rest is bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I did a TED Talk last year. And you know, they, they constrained it down to like, this one was about 12 minutes. And when I, when I first wrote it out, I... I, again, I usually do more of a stream of conscious. I have sort of this, I have a movie I build in my head of where I want to take the story. And there's, there's key points of, that I build off of because I can't read a teleprompter if my life depended on it. So don't ever give me on one of those. But I, you know, I was 35 minutes. <laughs> so I got to get this down to 12. And, you know, I, it, I couldn't speed up. I couldn't do the FedEx thing. So I was having to carve stuff. And that was the hardest thing in, to carve down that message to get rid of the color, like you said, the building suspense and all these other things, yet still keep the essence of the message you want to get across. That's, you know, I, I should have called you up because I'm sure you could have helped me. Well, yeah. And uh, having had that experience, it's exactly the same. And even back to your radio days where it was entirely time driven. Mm-hmm. That's that's certainly something that has also been a benefit to me because because uh, I was a news guy, right? Mm-hmm. And the news doesn't start at 6.01. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. It starts at six o'clock. Yeah. And especially when you're running live. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you know, we got to be very, um, very tuned in mm-hmm. to what a, what a, a second was and what a minute was. And as you practice, uh, we used to use stopwatches mm-hmm. and actually watch, you know, how are we doing? And as you practice, you get so comfortable that you you get a sense of when you need to stop, even without looking back at that stopwatch. Um, so it, it's interesting speaking to time, especially making sure in Instagram case, for example, you know, that, that you're hitting that one minute mark or less um, and, and still getting out all of that important information. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. It's good. You don't look like Les Nessman, but you know, that's a whole other, <laughs> I have to work my WKRP yeah. uh, reference in there. So um, if you could tell one story and only one. So, so you were limiting. It's not the last one you tell, but it's the only one that you can tell for the rest of your life. What, what would that be? I, you know, it, it would be the story of me. And, and it's not a selfish thing. Uh, it's, it's not because, um, you know, I think I'm a big superstar who needs lots of attention. Um, it's because, you know, because of, of this experience and the, the digital revolution, the internet revolution, and, and thinking about the legacy that I want to leave, we have an opportunity now to leave a record like we've never had before. And so uh, even for my own family, for my, my own kids, uh, and my grandkids and great grandkids, and, and however many mm-hmm. generations come after me, mm-hmm. if they're curious about what old Grandpa Rob was doing, yeah they can, they're going to be able to access that, yeah. right? They're going to be able to come on and see things like this. And, uh, and so I think for me that, uh, that that's a really important um, opportunity 
Um, and I, I would actually hope that most people take advantage of it. It's part of what drives me to, uh, again, teach other people how to do this stuff on camera. Uh, that's a fantastic answer to that. And, and I would, as you were explaining that, I'm also thinking, well, that's the story I know the best. <laughs> and I find as I tell it, you know, even though I've told it a hundred times, I get better at it. Every time that I tell it and getting a little sharper, sometimes I bring in a little color or something on that, but that's a fantastic, the reason behind that, that you mentioned is just phenomenal. And again, it's not selfish, you know, because we all have that question. We all look back in an old black and white photo of our grandparents or something that were, what's the story behind sitting on a tractor and is, is our, is the, the people that were there, you know, during that time leave us, we, we have a gap and we can't fill that in. So you're right in that we can now memorialize that. <laughs> My dad used to tell this story about my aunt wanted when I was growing up. My aunt wanted to buy me this fire truck for my birthday that uh, shot water. And every time he told the story, it shot further. I think by the last time he told it, it was like three miles that this fire truck would shoot water. <laughs> but you know, it, it's That's something. Awesome. It's something I remember about him and telling that, and, and it's very vivid. I can picture in my mind a well-told story. You can replay it. You know, it, you don't necessarily have to have the video piece of that. You can replay it, and and I think that's the art form that you help people do. And it's 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 a it's it's not hard once you understand the principles, but it's getting out of our own head. I think when we get out of our own way, and we have people like you that can sort of guide us into into helping package that, it's just so powerful. Yeah, the the storytelling piece. I mean, that's the key, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it ties into everything we've been talking about here, uh, with the authenticity and, and delivering a piece of ourselves that other people can relate to. And, uh, and I have stories like, like yours too, you know, thinking about, uh, family members and, and, and things that they've shared over the years. My grandpa, my step grandpa actually gave me my first microphone when I was three years old. Uh, he used to he used to call square dances. Wow! <laughs> and, uh, so he he had all kinds of uh, all kinds of equipment around the house all the time, and he gave me an old mic one day, and I never let that thing go. And uh, to this day, I look back at that and think, well, gee, I know I was three. Uh, maybe there was something there that that influenced my path somehow. Yeah, I went back to a high school reunion a few years ago, and they had some memorabilia. Uh, there that you know collecting through and I'm, and I'm going through this and there's this this permission slip you know for being late to school and it said you know i i it, it was me i signed it i said well i recognize the horrible handwriting because it's only gotten worse from there but i said you know i there was a, a coke truck spilled all the cokes in the freeway and i was delayed for a bit i said look i was storytelling way back then because i had to sell it and it was it was approved so i got <laughs> it wasn't tardy you know, it, it is funny how we go back and you reflect on those moments later that you can connect the dots in the rearview mirror of, of how you sort of got where you were. I, I just try to cherish those moments and enjoy that that ride and sort of the rearview mirror. You know, so how do people get a hold of you? If if I need help telling my story, which which I do, how do how do we get a hold of you? What's the best way? Hey, you're pretty good at this, you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm active, as you know, on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn. You can visit my website, which is getoncamera.com. Now, uh, there's a free mini course there that can get people started out uh, just learning how to use the smartphone and, and a little bit about why they should be doing it. And that's probably the best way is to go to that website, getoncamera.com, or you can, you can email me. It's eq4media at gmail.com. 
Cool. And and like I said, I put these things in the show notes as well. And I went through, I glanced through that course, and I I picked up a couple things. So you're never too experienced not to you know not to get better at something on that. So uh, Rob, thanks for helping me finish my day in Canada. Thank you for your stories. Um, the news thing was new to me, the newsman piece of that, but it makes a whole lot of sense now. You could come across in such a, a measured manner, and I I so I so admire that style. I know it's not me. If I tried to be you, I would just be a very badly dressed Les Nessman. So <laughs> I've got the same office as Les Nessman here. You got the, you got the little tape on the floor. I like that. You haven't launched tape any, on the floor. You haven't launched any turkeys out of a helicopter, have you? Uh, no, no, not so far. We'll see when Thanksgiving comes. <laughs> we may still be cooped up. So <laughs> with that, Rob, thanks a lot, and uh, reach thanks. out to Rob. And get get on video. Get on camera. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tech Story Podcast, and it would really be helpful if you'd go out to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast, and rate it. You know, Give it a five-star, because it helps other people find the podcast. It really raises the visibility, and it would mean the world to me if you would do that. <laughs> <laughs>